I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and all the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. Abraham travelled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So Abraham built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he went on towards the, the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued towards the Negev. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just before Ivan preaches to us, he's asked if we can pray for him. So, I'm going to pray for you now, Ivan. Okay. Lord, we bring Ivan to you. We thank you for what you've given him. We pray again, Lord, that you would give him peace. And also, as the scripture promises, he would know the mind of Christ as he preaches to us. So please bless him now, Lord, anoint him with your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Good evening. Can you hear me? I say that because I was, I was preaching once at a, um, a church out in Bowmere Heath. And a lady came up to me at the end of the service and she said, thank you for coming. Um, I'm sure you were very good, but I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> So if you can't hear, put your hand up. Well, the other way around, I should have said. <clears throat> a primary school um, teacher was observing her classroom of children, and they were drawing pictures. And she'd walk around and she'd look at every child's little masterpiece. And she came up behind one little girl who was working ever so hard, and uh, she said, what are you drawing? And the little girl said, I'm drawing God. Mm. The teacher paused, didn't quite know what to say. And the teacher said, well, but nobody knows what God looks like. And the little girl didn't even bother to look up. She said, look, when people see my drawing, then they'll know what he looks like. <laughs> um, it's true, isn't it, that we don't know what God looks like. But 
as we learn about his dealings with various Bible characters like Abraham, Moses, Mary, Martha, you name them, but as we see God in their lives, we begin to understand a little bit more about God. Abraham himself is marginally interesting historically, but much more significant than that is what we learn about Abraham's faith in God. You'll notice, incidentally, that in this reading it says Abram. Abram meaning exalted father. And later his name was changed to, by God to Abraham, meaning father of a multitude. Similarly, Sarai was later renamed Sarah. Both versions, I understand, mean princess. For the sake of simplicity, I shall just say Abraham and Sarah. I'd like to just make four simple points about, Sarah, uh, about Abraham. Rather, First point is that Abraham was clearly special. If you look at the beginning of our reading, we see that Abraham had a unique role to play. This is what God says to, to Abraham in the Ivan strictly unauthorized version. <laughs> I'm sending you on a long journey. Don't worry about the precise details, as I'll tell you later. You'll be the father of a great nation. You are somebody really special. And you're going to make lots of people happy. Those who are on your side will be blessed by God, but woe betide those who oppose you. As I said, that's my version. But I think it captures <laughs> the spirit of what God was saying. Just imagine, though, for a moment that you had been Abraham, and that God had said that to you. Could you cope? How would you react? What a responsibility it would put upon you. And, if you're like me, wouldn't you have a few questions to ask? A few reservations. So, first point, Abraham was special. Second point, God told Abraham, go to the land I will show you. It all seems so vague, doesn't it? And yet scripture says, so Abraham left as the Lord had told him. And later, if you look at, in the book of Hebrews, the writer of the Hebrews adds, even though he didn't know where he was going. So Abraham left as the Lord had told him, even though he didn't know where he was going. In other words, he was obedient and he did what he felt God was calling him to do. We don't know whether he had any misgivings or whether he felt a certain reluctance. It doesn't say. It's quite likely that he ran the whole gamut of emotions when he realized the personal cost and the effort involved. What would you have done had you been in Abraham's shoes? Come to that. How would you react now if you had the distinct impression that God wanted to move you out of that nice little rut you've got used to and involve you in something new, oh, especially if the details were a bit fuzzy. 
Hats off to Abraham. He certainly followed God's plan for his life, costly though it must have seemed at the time. What a picture of a man who obeyed God. So Abraham was obedient. Third point, Abraham was a man of faith. But what an upheaval it must have been for poor old Abraham to leave home and go on a journey without knowing precisely where. What an upheaval for poor old Sarah, who was still childless, and yet we understand that she was still keen to have a child. A few years ago, I went in for a competition in, um, I think it was probably the AdMag or maybe the Chronicle, I can't remember. And uh, we had to say which was the f- our favourite view of Shrewsbury and why. And I wrote that it was the view of the square in Shrewsbury. You know, you've got your back to the Halifax Building Society and you're facing the Clive statue. You're looking at the Market Hall. Uh, and that made a great impression on me when I saw it for the first time. And I fell in love with that view and I still feel the same uh, about it many years later. Anyway, subsequently I won the competition And the great prize, you won't believe this, a book (laughs) about Shrewsbury with coloured pictures. How about that? Anyway, (laughs) better than nothing, you may say, though I would have really been somewhat happier had I won two return flights to New York. But anyway, (laughs) I won won a book. The point I'm making is that I love Shrewsbury and Shropshire, as does my wife, Jacqueline, and I don't want to move. So I sympathise with poor old Abraham, who would have been perfectly happy to stay where he was. He must have had a deep-seated faith in God, or he would have never done it. Fourthly, Abraham was old, but he wasn't past it. Remember, Abraham was 75, and uh, Sarah was 65. Now, I'm 66, So I can fully appreciate that for Abraham, nearly 10 years older than me, it would have been a real struggle to up sticks and move on. Some of you may think you're too old, so it's too late to do anything which really counts in God's eyes. Not so. We're at present considering Abraham, but what about Moses? What about Noah? Great old men great old men and their finest years were their last years we read in verse 8 that he pitched his tent so he was on Abraham was on the move but at 75 you feel like settling down don't you but Abraham had no plans to settle down he was not preoccupied with the present because he looked to the future. Mark Twain said, plan for the future, because that's where you're going to spend the rest of your life. (laughs) I like that quote. (laughs) Plan for the future, because that's where you're going to spend the rest of your life. But the writer of the Hebrews has a slightly different spin. He insisted that Abraham looked forward to the city with foundations, whose architect 
and builder is God. That makes me think, do we look forward in the way that Abraham did? Would we, like Abraham, be willing to give up our home and our way of life if we felt that God was calling us to do something else? Especially if that calling was somewhat vague. So where is all this leading? We're not like Abraham, of course not. But in God's eyes, we are each unique. Each one of you is a, is a one-off. When God had made you, he broke the mold. When, others, when other people meet you, they experience something that they won't experience with anyone else. So don't blow it. Do you make a positive difference to your family, your friends, the community that you live in? When they learn that you're a follower of Jesus, are they completely indifferent? Couldn't care less. Or do they say, hmm, they wish they could have a faith like yours? Do they say, that's wonderful, because I have a faith like yours and I can understand? Or do they say, they didn't know you were a Christian because you were no different from anyone else? What a shame that would be if that were the case. But what sort of an impact do you have on those who know you, particularly those who know you really well? Incidentally, I address these comments to myself as well. It's very easy for me to stand up here and preach, but I can tell you um, the hard part is when I step down and have to practice what I've been preaching. Abraham is considered a great man of faith. He looked ahead and was happy to let God lead him. As I consider my average week, I have various commitments, some more interesting than others, and then there are chores, those things that you really don't want to do. Just recently, we had to replace a broken toilet, and we spent hours and hours, uh, I should say days and days, <laughs> trying to find what we wanted and I never realized there were so many stores in Shrewsbury selling toilets, believe me. We found seven and I'm sure there are more. I can see that you find this part of my life fascinating. <laughs> so there are chores. We have the occasional night out. I really like that. Meal out, I should have said. <laughs> Not night out, you do understand. That's, that's with street pastors. <laughs> so I enjoy the meals out. And what I really enjoy is going on holiday. But life is not one long holiday. More's the pity, you may say. Life is a mixture of ups and downs. It's fun and frustration. And it's the same for all of us. But I wonder how often do we look beyond all the trivia of what we experience every day and, like Abraham, look to the future that God has planned for us. Do we have faith in God? Not just knowing about God 
and learning through church or Sunday school, if we've been to Sunday school and hymns and choruses. But do we cultivate a relationship with God through prayer, reading the Bible, having fellowship with other Christians so that we trust God and are game to do what we feel he's telling us to do? And is our faith growing or have we cooled off a bit? I wonder. And if you come into the category of old, and in my experience, most so-called old people, don't act like it. (laughs) But if one day you do become old, you're not dissimilar to Abraham. And if God could use little old Abraham, he can use you too. We look up to characters like Abraham, and it's easy to become despondent because we could never emulate him. Of course we can't. But then God's not expecting you to be like Abraham. He's asking you to be like you and to get to know God so well that you trust him all the way. Two quick challenges. Are you gradually deepening your relationship with God such that you know him better now than last year, than last month, and so on? Are you making a difference to those with whom you come into contact in that they see something of God in your life and want to have a personal knowledge of God themselves. You are unique, and no one can do it the way you do. I hope and pray that Abraham may be a challenge and an encouragement to us all. Amen.